1: Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today.
2: Get an all-access experience with player interviews, exclusive practice information, and post game analysts with the source you can't find anywhere else. This is South Philly Sauce. Hosted by Flyers Game Day host Ashlyn Sullivan and Philly sports radio legend Al Morganti. Welcome
0: into South Philly Sauce and Odyssey Original, brought to you by 94WIP and Jack Daniels. Ashlyn Al, back here in studio, in person, and a lot to talk about. A lot of good things happening with this Flyers team right now. We talked to you guys last week before the Penguins game started, and we hyped them up, basically, saying this was a huge matchup for the Flyers. Got to turn my phone off when you record podcasts. And they swept them, home and home, swept the Penguins I I said it, people, I was getting made fun of by my coworkers for saying this, but I think it's true that it was the biggest win of the Flyers season so far.
1: Oh, certainly, because when you count them together, to have wins like that, it's tremendous, and it's the Penguins, and that's that's why people go to the games in Philly, to beat teams like that, to have upset wins against rivals. Uh, that's you know used to say in football you can lose every game and just don't lose to the Cowboys and mm-hmm. it's not that's really not true especially with a team as good as the Eagles but there are certain teams that you just you get more points for not in the standings but in the player and the uh, fans minds and I think in your locker room and Pittsburgh's certainly one of them
0: yeah you could tell they were hyped up after especially after the home game winning the second game against the Penguins and I guess I was a little surprised at the sloppiness of the Penguins because I knew they were kind of right in the middle of their season or they were right in the middle of of the standings. And, and I thought not that they didn't play the flyers hard, but they made some mistakes that I wasn't expecting them to make.
1: It might've been the worst three on three performance by a team I've seen in a long time. Made The flyers look great. Yeah. Because the Penguins (laughs) were all, all over the place and it's hard to make arguments that you have too much talent, but Man, they've got Hall of Famers everywhere. That's what it it, it's make just, sense it's, to me. Yeah. and their power plays a mess. And it just, it just goes to show you when you play in a structured system, uh, what you can do. However, it also goes to show you that they're never out of it. Even if they were a mess, for 58 minutes, you're always like, ter- like their power plays awful, right? I mean, it's it's god awful. It's like one of the worst in the league right now with all that talent. But when you watch it. Every time the puck goes on the stick of somebody, you, 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 you're your heart's in your throat. Like, oh my God, it's on. It's Crosby. No, it's on Carlson. No, it's on Latang. No, it's it, it went on and on. It got one after another after another, and they don't. It doesn't work. But you're still terrified of it. And I guess it just goes to okay, play a system, play it well, uh, play defense. You can coach defense. And I don't know what I would do if I was if, if I'm Sullivan. I'm coaching that team. I don't know how you deal with that. With Hall of Famers that can't get the job done. Yeah. But take advantage of you, the Flyers. You take advantage of it.
0: Yeah, and the Flyers did a lot of things right as well. It wasn't because the Penguins lost it. The Flyers beat them for reasons. And one of the biggest reasons is Tyson Forrester and goaltending, of course. There's multiple reasons, but Tyson Forrester is just on a goal-winning streak right now. And he's become a sniper. He We knew he had this first shot. We hadn't seen it for a really long time. We got glimpses of it last season. He found it.
1: Yeah, he's a really interesting studying what you want from a player uh, I liked him last year with the shot and then this year the coaches he's a coach's dream because he's in the right place all the time however the problem with the Flyers through the past generation has been they haven't had snipers and it's nice you know it's it's really great that this guy's got everything buttoned down in other areas of the game but they've got guys that you can coach like that. What made him different, I thought, was like, man, what a shot. I just want to see him get that shot. So it's unbelievable that he has all the other th- skills that go on, of the things that are really hard to coach with young kids, especially kids usually that are good shooters. They leave other parts of their game kind of vacant. Because they only
0: want to score goals, but, right. Yeah,
1: but it was so nice to see he couldn't take him out of the lineup because he was so good. But I didn't, I didn't think they really needed another player that was doing all the things right but not finishing. Right what made it exciting about him was well here's a guy that is going to do most things right and he can finish yeah. and we hadn't seen it and now we've seen it and it's like thank you that's what i want to see
0: yeah and we knew it was coming i mean we all knew because we had saw glimpses of it last year we knew it was kind of like a mental blockade and and torts was talking about it post game how he would see him when he missed a shot he'd look up to the sky or he'd slam a stick and they were very careful of not allowing him to get too frustrated because they knew it was coming, yeah and It's to the point now that Forster is playing so well so far this year that John Tortorella was asked about him becoming an elite two-way player. And you can tell that Torts thinks he can be because he said, I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to jinx it. Yeah. He knows he can be. He can get to that point.
1: Yeah, he's at a a place in his career now very early. So early. You don't want to – he doesn't seem like the type that'll get a big head about it.
0: Well, you don't want to put that pressure and label on him so early in his career. Yeah, you don't. And
1: you don't want him cheating on things anymore uh you don't want any of that and torts is pretty good about uh trying to keep expectations level uh, on what what he what he can and can't do but i th- i'm i think he can be an elite player um i think he can be an elite two-way player mm-hmm. which i didn't consider i just considered the goals right. <laughs> which is good enough because <laughs> that's what the flyers just mean. one of the goals yeah so i mean well, if, you, if you, really but if he's an elite two-way player or a or a uh, more than dependable two-way player, well, now you have a goal scorer that can be on the ice at any time. Mm-hmm. And that's a big difference.
0: Yeah, it's the difference in forcing them into overtime. Or now you see the Flyers now with two comeback wins this season. You can get them back into a game because right. of this. I thought it was cool. I thought the second win against the Penguins was the perfect example of where the Flyers are right now because you have the excitement of the young Tyson Forrester. You have no more questions about your goaltending. Carter Hart played excellent. You feel so good about him and now Ayrson. Um, Ayrson. And then you have Coots scoring the overtime winner.
1: Yeah, Coots, The, the, young yeah. And the old, That was a big game for uh, Couturier. He, frankly, his game has been so up and down, uh, coming back, a, missing a year or whatever, so long since he plays, and uh, playing against the Penguins. Now, it's it seems like an obscure type of statistics that he hadn't played with the Penguins without Giroux as a teammate mm-hmm. until the last two games. Yeah. But when you have Giroux, somebody's taking... Crosby and somebody's taking Malkin well now Couturier is going to take a lot of those draws mm-hmm. and sure enough I was asking about it before the first game it's like you know, you know Crosby's so good in that face off circle and sure enough it's the second game where Couturier he set he, on the first goal he drives the net so he doesn't get any really a uh, setup on it but he was, he was very instrumental in the goal and then in the game winner he wins that face off he wins the draw a huge win in that zone to set it up. So it's nice to see him getting more consistency in his game. He's never been really a quick player, fast player, quick thinker, but not the fastest player. So winning face-offs, driving to the net, stuff like that is what you wanted from him.
2: Selling a little or a lot.
0: And just a heads-up player. He oh, was, yeah. I mean, the one goal, I can't remember who it was now, but we were talking about it in a post-game live where he drove two to That's the first the goal, right. Yeah, it was,
1: before, before, yeah. It was the first goal. And that he, doesn't happen. That goal doesn't happen without doesn't him. It doesn't happen, even though you don't get an assistant, even though you're not what we call a screen, but you're moving through, so you're moving, and the goaltender has to keep an eye on what's going on there, mm-hmm. and your player that's shooting sees what's going on takes the shot. Yeah,
0: and another... I think the one thing you can knock on the Penguins' performance is some sloppy passes, some defensive. They're having trouble getting back in the zone. That's been kind of the case (laughs) the past couple of weeks that it seems to be a problem. But Travis Sanheim, the amount of ice time he is getting is, wow, so much. And so cool they were saying that in post-game locker room, they were saying that Sandheim was the one who drew up that overtime game winner because yeah. he knew Konechny was going to beat his guy in order to make it happen. Well,
1: the two Travises, the Travi, or yeah. whatever they are there, they they, they think, you know, like it's like a Vulcan. They know each other yeah. so well. And he knew, <laughs> he knew Konechny was going to beat his guy. Key is okay. Just... Point one is win the draw, we get, we got to win the draw. Yeah. And then if we can do it and we can beat them, we can beat them on a wraparound pass like that. So you get it and Connect Me gets on his horse and just takes off. But the Penguins were, they they were structurally awful and in, in, in especially the three on three on what's going on. But you have to notice it and be able to take advantage of it. Right. So you have a team that's not intimidated by the names on the back of the jersey.
0: Yeah. And that's a lot to be said, and Sandheim's playing really well, getting a ton of ice time.
1: We have to cut down on that ice time. Yeah. It's just... It's going to get too much. It's, yeah, it's, it's you know, he, his minus, plus minus was dripping, dipping, I don't think necessarily mo- because I thought he played strong anyway, but so much ice time, you're just going to... He's still early in the season. I think they want to temper it just a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well and that they needed him at some point, but now you have Mark Stahl back, now you have Rasmus Risto lining back. You have Cam York playing yeah. better where I don't think there's as much pressure on him as maybe three weeks ago. Yeah. Kinda of was the yeah. only option at some point. Well
1: depending on well, York's there, but Risto coming back is um that's a plus, a veteran player like that. And, and and it seems like he's taken the um adventurous things out of his game where he'd just leave and go try to make a hit and leave leave space so it looks like that's been almost entirely removed from his game at least but we saw late last year and a few games this year mm-hmm.
0: and now we look forward to this week and right now the Flyers are in third place in the Metropolitan Division and we're going to talk about this on our, our pregame show because I was just talking to our producer Joe for the show and we're basically questioning okay well how can they stay here because right now the Metro is so bottled up And it's a lot of this, it's a lot of kind of roller coasters, teams taking third place, going back down to fifth, a lot of moving around. The question was, okay, well, how can you stay in third place? And I said, in my opinion, it's goaltending. It's the way the Flyers have been playing goaltending. Can you keep this up? Can you keep winning these close games these hard-fought games? I think yes, if you have Arison and Hart playing the way they do. And with Arison being able to now take the load off, that's huge for Hart. Yeah. I,
1: it's one the question is whether you just pencil in the goaltending that that's what you're going to have. The Flyers' problem in staying there might not even be the Flyers. It it might be the Devils. Yeah. It might be teams that have underperformed. You know That are going to come back. That are going to come back if you're looking at the conference and that are going to come back and, and get spots. That's that's what worries me, that there are teams that have underperformed, especially in New Jersey, mm-hmm. that have underperformed. And are they going to like raise their game and then it's going to make it a... a it, all that you want is you want to be in that fight yeah. at the end of the in March mm-hmm. the dream <laughs> I know that some people think that okay let's go to the, get to the are already talking trade deadline let's get there and then move people out but I think what what I think that you should be looking at is is it going to be uh, make it a tough decision on which way you're going to go Would it make that you don't want to do anything because you can make the playoffs right so I think you can do it with the goaltending that they have you obviously, if if you if Forster continues to score goals, and if the power play would just improve some, they managed to get through because their their uh, penalty kill is just elite right now. But, uh, really, some one of the best penalty kills in the league, if not the best. But their power play still doesn't provide them the margin for error on games where you don't drag in your A game. It's a long, it's a quarter of a season basically played it's a lot to ask to keep hitting on all cylinders through the next 55, 60 games.
0: Yeah, when your power play isn't clicking. Yeah. But, I mean, a, a plus is, we joked about it on post-game, overtime last year, Oh, you used to say those words and you might as well just not watch. It's like, all right, like, get ready.
1: It's what over. Knows. Yeah, it's yeah, over. Loss. No.
0: Now, like overtime is so much fun to watch. Overtime
1: and shootout. I mean, yeah. it was it was it was the it was doom. we were done. Yeah. Once they Don't go even on bother watching. One, yeah. Get yeah. the one. Just leave with the one and be happy. Yeah. But no, now you've got you've got some confidence in it. You've got some skill some skill in it, and the goaltending is remarkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and that's what that's what gets you. Look, if you just look at all the games they lost, the point they lost, and take fifty percent of them. Boy, they're, they may not make the playoffs, but they're going to be fighting to make the playoffs for the last week. And that's, that's been terrible years that they've had.
0: Yeah. Well, that's all you could ask for, I think, realistically. When we talked about it this year, we always just said, be in the conversation. Because last year you weren't. Even if you're just looking. In March, if we're on this podcast and we're doing some math, and we're like, right, if they lose these three games and they win these two, what happens? Yeah. That's all you can ask for at this point of the year.
1: Well, what, what they've become, Ashland, is a, a very admired team for their record. Um, for doing things the right way for any it's also if you're the opposing coach your message to your team is you you better be ready yeah you had better be ready because because i guarantee you if it's just, if it's like nine out of ten nights what they are they're coming at you with everything and that is really respected through the league.
0: Yeah, they've become – I mean, they've always been aggressive, but I think the addition of someone like a Garnet Hathaway is making <laughs> them even more so. And we all know about Hathaway's big hit against the Rangers and all the hoopla with that. And I did a story on Hathaway, and I was – I don't know why, but I always put myself in in the family shoes. When you look at a player like right. Hathaway, he's got a wife and kids. And I think as a female, when I see like Hathaway fighting every single night, I'm thinking like, what is his wife doing? Like, is she sitting at home like, Ugh, not again? Or like, does she even care at this point? <laughs> and she was saying that she doesn't care, but that hit against the Rangers came up at the Thanksgiving table with his in-laws <laughs> because it was such a talked-about hit and it sparked. John Tortorella, which he got some heat for saying that hit became the reason why he believes the NHL is now the no-hit league because of everything that came from that backlash.
1: Yeah, that was the Rangers hit because Trouba is such a, a tough player. Then, then the hit against with the Devils where they, you know, a, a, another hit. So there's been a couple that have that have gone on. And Hathaway, look, if you want to be a professional, there's a reason why you're in the league, right? I mean, let's face it. He's not a goal scorer. He's got some, but he's going to be there because he's going to stand up for teammates and he's going to try to get an energy player. So that's what keep you in the league. So, if it was my, you know, if, if like it would be like my wife saying, "Well, I don't like the hours that you work. Well, do you want dinner?" <laughs> <laughs> this is the way it is. Yeah. This is the way. This is the way it is. Yeah. This, this is how I make my living. This is what's going to happen. And and I think I, I, you know, as long as you don't put yourself in a dumb position where you're, uh, where you're, you know, just absolutely going to get demolished. And I can see later and way later in a career, it's like, but it just we can't have this anymore. But I mean, he seems like one of those guys. It's like trying to beat up a football. I, it seems like to me, like he's, he's, he's just hostile. fine. And he, there are certain, I I've covered enough of these guys. He reminds me of Barubi who just didn't mind it at all. Just go, okay, I'm going to go in and that's my job. I'm going to do it. And that's that. It's yeah. as simple as that. He knows his role. Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure, you know, if you're at, around the Thanksgiving table, you're just happy that he, you know, can still eat. His jaw's not wired. Yeah. It's <laughs> I mean, fine. Just, no just big don't, deal. don't put yourself in a bad position. And as long as you love what you do, you can, guys get in trouble when they don't like it anymore. They don't like what they, they get terrified of. He's not near that point anymore. And I think he actually, he wants to so be a part of that team uh, to be a part of the win. So if it doesn't show up as a goal and assist or whatever, it, it shows up elsewhere, especially in a locker room.
0: Yeah, you can tell it's clicking here for Hathaway. He's been a couple of stops. He just got here over the summer. And he was talking about getting his kids in school and Jersey and like yeah. adjusting. But um you can tell he really likes it here and, and he fits he just fits this play style. And he's a dream for Tortorella. I mean, Tortorella, that's exactly the player he wants. And I don't blame Torts for saying what he said because it was such a blatant miscall. And Torts, I mean, that's the hitting, the violence of the game is what Torts coaches.
1: Yeah, he doesn't want you know, like we all want the speed in the game still. Everybody wants, to, the skill level is unbelievable. That's makes hockey hockey. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. The skill level is so good compared to back 10, 15 years even. But you still, the game is still the most interesting. And I think the message he's trying to get across is it, it, it's still the most interesting just on the edge of mayhem, but doesn't get to mayhem. Just, you want the people in the stands to, to say to themselves, you couldn't pay me enough to go do that. <laughs> and, and, that, <laughs> so true. And, and that's and that's what you have and but Torts Torts message was kind of like know how to take a hit too like don't it's it's come to the point because when you're the kids coming up now and i've coached enough um with kids you don't hit for a, a very long time now so you have to learn how to take a hit mm-hmm. and i think Torts is worried that certain guys a lot of guys just assume okay i'm not going to get hit or if there's a hit my somebody's going to get in a fight because of a hit I think they need some real honest um, physicality in the game. Mm-hmm. So no matter how much skill there is, there's always, to, in my mind, to get people to watch, there's always going to be physicality in the game. You need it, to. It just, it, it's... It's the difference in the sport, and and I understand people that didn't hadn't played it or hadn't watched this. Like, how can they have fights? Like in the NFL, you get one fight and it's like the end of the world. Like, yes, throw them out, throw them out, throw them out. But that's just part of the game. It, it's part of the game for forever. It's been part of it, much less than it used to be. Way less than it used to be. But. You, you basically got guys running around at a high rate of speed with knives on their feet and sticks in their hands. Stuff's gonna happen yeah <laughs> yes. so stuff's I mean it's just gonna happen and this is this is what he this is what he's trying to get uh, an intention not to just hit but learn how to take a hit and that's just part of it. just because you hit somebody hard doesn't mean there has to be a fight afterwards you or hit somebody hard it's yeah. as simple it's as simple as that and and as ironically connect you know, me after he says this, Puts his head down, going over a blue line, and Eric Carlson could have absolutely blown him up, but didn't. And that's I'm I'm still kind of kind of torn on that. I, if I'm a Penguin fan, I'm thinking I think you should I think you should have lit him up. Yeah, there. That's his fault. But I'm like on the other hand, For I don't I don't, yeah, don't want to see I don't want a concussion or anything like that. But it was really a let up. And it would
0: and it would have been clean. I mean, it probably would have been, been clean.
1: And the question is, it was different than hunting. It's, yeah. it's very difficult like I would legislate against what I would call hunting but if somebody's just coming you know, like he didn't go out to like, go out of your way to hunt him down and do it no that's just a bang bang play he was in the way would have been right there <laughs> <Really>? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I man, got away boy did he get away with one now. yeah
0: it was. It would have been a scary hit if it was one and then towards he's just full of headlines lately. yeah he always is and I would love for people to see in our post game shows what our producer Joe goes through because we at this point can't even take Torts live because he no. curses so much. We can't put curses yeah. on the air. Um, So we're quickly trying to turn it around. And Torts the other day started his press conference and doubled down on it. Said it twice. We've got balls. Twice. Twice. Yeah. Said it. <laughs>
1: and, and that's.
0: Joe, our producer was like, do we run it? I mean, it's not a curse word. No. So yeah. No, we ran, we
1: it. ran it. It's true i mean that's the kind of team he wants but i think that these i think that this group of players should realize much as he can drive you nuts and he can be demanding he can this is the probably the last group that's going to be able to wear a t-shirt that says i was coached by torts Mm -hmm. because he's coached so many players and there's so many stories and i think this is his last go round so i Think that they should appreciate even a guy like Ferriby, who's benched. I mean, how many have I, if I had a t shirt where I was benched by Torts? I could sell out, right? So, <laughs> I but I think that they should appreciate that this is a coach that's not going to be coaching much longer after this. I don't think, and they should appreciate that they're going to be part of a history of a coach that's going to be legendary in the NHL for a lot of things. Oh, yeah, being you know, going, going emotionally, you know, snap, winning though, or and winning. putting it and and being just a Part of the fabric of the game, one of those guys that there's stories about all the time, there's always stories. Like, when you go to a golf tournament and you're you're playing for a Tortorella team, what do you do? How do you you react? Well, what is training camp like? It's amazing. So I really do think that this group should, I don't wanna say relish, because he can drive you nuts, but Mm -hmm. should at least appreciate, and the fans, that you got a you might've been the last part of this, this era of this coach, this you got it at the at least you were part of it and and they'll be talking about this guy for you'll be talking about in 20 years
0: yeah (laughs) it's gonna happen yeah i know it and it's funny you say you'll talk about it in 20 years i connected with aaron andrews over the weekend and she started her career with john portarelli she was the lightning reporter when she started her career 24 years old now aaron is i believe in her 50s and obviously on nfl sundays and she was like What's he like? Yeah. Like, what's going on that's, with Torts? Like, she's talking about it 25 years later. <laughs> that's what I mean.
1: It's like it's. It. I think there, there there has to be an appreciation level of that right now. Even though he might, God knows what will happen here in the next year or so, but to be a part of it in Philadelphia, to be a part of what's going on, to cover, if not in pl- you cut co- like you mentioned, Aaron Andrews, all the writers I know that w- you covered Torts. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing the stories that go on. So you've got a little chunk of. NHL history that you become a part of just because John Tortorella's here.
0: Yeah, it's so true. He brings eyes and uh, he has his sayings and I love that the Flyers made t-shirts with that <laughs> saying because why not capitalize right. financially on things like this? Yeah. They're not dumb. No. And uh, yeah, from what I understand, they're selling it was like had 300 retweets on the post. So <laughs> yeah, they're selling. And now uh, Flyers, they have, a, they have a big one coming up. Arizona Coyotes and I don't know if you would have said this was a big one when you looked at the schedule at the start of the year. But the, their five-game winning streak beat the Capitals six to zero, and Al, you were telling me their five-game winning streak is so impressive
1: when you look all at those against games. those teams that have won the last five cups. I mean, it's just really good teams that they've beaten, and I guess when you have a little arena like what they've got there, if you can turn that into your advantage, I think maybe that that will help them out. They're, it's surprising to me that they played this well, but at least they'll have the Flyers. If they thought they could loot, like go in there and just take it a little easy. That record should kind of set that aside. I still worry about it, though, after those wins against Pittsburgh.
0: For sure. And they're kind of neck and neck right now when you look at their records, both with, I believe, 11 wins, but Arizona on a hot streak right now. And you can say the Flyers are on a hot streak, but this is like, this is an impressive hot streak with Arizona when you're looking at it right now. Yeah,
1: because nobody expected anything. No. Nothing. But you can like, say that
0: with the Flyers as well. Yeah. I mean, when I talk to. I was talking to the Penguins reporter and, and she's like, Wow, like the Flyers, like they're having a great year. Like to people around the league with, with where the Flyers are right now. Right. They're like, Wow, look at this team.
1: Here they are and in, in Arizona the same thing. So just managed to um, maintain, I guess. And mm-hmm. Get the goaltending to be the same. And yeah. It's uh it's for an Eastern team going out west. I mean, they went out, took a day off, went out, so that shouldn't be a factor. But sometimes it is. You go in and it's just um he's gonna have to keep this is a team that cannot Hit on 80%. It's re- even against Arizona. They're going to, because they've got some skilled players, obviously. Yeah. They're going to have to pretend you're playing the Penguins.
0: Yeah, you are, really are. And then we saw the last time they went out west, that very first game against San Jose disaster and then they got their footing and and you had to wonder was it because it was the first game out west that you just they looked like they were asleep the first period yeah
1: well i wouldn't want to and after this i mean you've got a monster coming up in the next game so i try to take advantage of this one
0: yeah we'll see if the flyers can get that done that game is on thursday so we'll be back later on this week to recap all the things going on with the flyers thank you for tuning in south philly sauce and odyssey original brought to you by 94wip and jack daniels we will see you later this
1: week